You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Inside the Man Box. I am Rick Fry. This podcast is brought to you by Oneness Ministries, grace-based, hope-filled, and spirit-led counseling. Go to our website at oneness-ministries.org. And by Marshall Fencing is a premier residential commercial fence company based in Oklahoma. Let me do, let me do that again. Marshall, ride. Yeah. <laughs> Marshall Fencing is the premier residential and commercial fencing company based in Oklahoma City metro area. Contact them at 405-691-1191 or just drop by and see them at 9513 South Shields, Oklahoma City. Well, I, I got to tell you, I usually start these podcasts off by saying I've known this person for X number of years. <laughs> I really don't know my guest today, Travis. I've met him, but I don't know him. That's true. I guess we didn't uh, really get to just kind of in passing. Yeah, because you're, I, uh, I know your wife, she, she worked with us at Scope Ministries. Yeah. Wow. That was a long time ago. Well, maybe five years ago. Six years ago. Yep, because yep. So roughly six years ago. I'm I'm excited about having Travis. Um, thank you. Absolutely. You were in the Marines. Thank you for your yes. service. Thank you. Tell I us about that experience. Wow, that is a that is we a just big. go from one zero to sixty. <laughs> that is a big <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, I was in the Marine Corps from two thousand Five, I think in January first, I went or third. I went to boot camp and in, um, in two thousand five. Two thousand five, and my time counted from like October or November before that. So I got out two thousand twelve, October, November. I think. So you were for six five, years, seven years, eight. Well, eight, eight years. Okay. Um, that's when I got my actual honorable discharge. I remember that. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Yeah, it was a miracle. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was um, one of those things you look back on with a lot of fondness, and it is something that gets deep, deep in you and in your blood and that you miss and love. But there's, there's also a lot of it that's... Um, don't ever want to do again, <laughs> I think. So it's a love-hate relationship? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was talking to my daughter about something, camping or something, and I was just thinking about it kind of it kind of ruined camping for me. Yeah. <laughs> I've talked to several guys who were in the military, especially the Marines that do not go camping anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I will, I'll, I'll take my kids just for them, but yeah. I just – I remember thinking about all the different – environments and scenarios I was sleeping in just in a sleeping bag under the stars those times were nice but then when it was snowing sideways or <laughs> blowing sand or raining a lot of rain it's not quite as Fun. enjoyable <laughs> and then just I mean you do though also miss those times at the same time especially when you're with your buddies and nothing like being with some of your best friends when you're just miserable so um 
It was a it was an awesome experience. Um, God used it in huge ways in my life to teach me all sorts of things. Um, and ultimately, it has <clears throat> well probably been the big statement. So I'm not checking, double checking in my mind. Probably been one of the main catalysts, I guess, to where I am today um and what my passion is and uh where just the the things that people i've met through the veteran community is, is big what were you like before the marines and then after uh similar <laughs> um that's another big question um, Take your time. Way after, um, it's been a lot better. The growth and the things, <clears throat> it put a lot more on my plate that I already didn't know how to deal with. Mm. I didn't have never really known how to deal with uh, processing emotions and things like that and negative emotions or being responsible <laughs> with the good emotions. Mm-hmm. Um and all the Marine Corps put a lot more on my plate that I didn't know how to deal with, from traumas to pride and ego, which is a killer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I <clears throat> did a lot of growing up in some ways. I should think that would be something you would have to do. Yeah, serving. In that capacity that you would have to grow up. Yeah. I mean, the the realization, I mean, it starts in boot camp where you're just given um, a ridiculous amount of tasks to do and not enough time to do it with incredible stressors on you on purpose. Mm-hmm. And then there are consequences for everything that you do and you realize um you just realize you're, it, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. And that's when it starts. It's good for military. It's just not good for after when you need help. Are you telling me <clears throat> that they, the military, and I would imagine this is true all across the services, that they don't prepare you for what's going to happen afterwards? No, no, not not so much. <laughs> not, uh, they are trying more now, I think. They're, 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 and I don't know, I don't even know how you, do that but they have spent years and years and billions and billions of dollars for lack of a better term brainwashing which i mean that's not it's needed for the military force that we have um so i don't necessarily i don't mean brainwashing in a bad way but the the little things the little subtle things constantly um truly make you believe mm. I'm better, stronger, faster, and it's an honor if I die. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a broad sweep of things. You, um, were you taught that, or did you believe that already? Both. Okay. Both. I mean, it was, yeah, it's pretty much said, but then also just in, oh, you mean before the Marine Corps was I taught that? No, no, because <laughs> none of us are taught that. Right. Um, growing up, 
I mean, it is pretty. I mean, it is, and it like I said, it's part of the brainwashing of you can do it, you have to do it, and or you die trying to do it. Um, so it's needed and it's necessary. I, I'm sure there could be tweaks to. I don't know. I'm not. Yeah. That's not my area. My passion is afterwards, and what I needed um, when it came time for needing help. Um, and the identity crisis, and I mean the reality of I you know, had a scout team. I was a forward observer, scout observer, mm-hmm. the Marine Corps calls us, and I had a you know a scout team that was in charge of four, four, five guys, and in charge of I think one point something million dollars worth of, and that's the price that government paid for it. So I'm sure it's cheaper, <laughs> but worth of optics and yeah that we used NVGs and thermals and just different optics and equipment that we had. Um, and that responsibility of that, um, in a combat MOS, there's jobs. And I, I did executive protection and corporate security and stuff when I got out, but at some level it's, you have these fine, this, this, this very small amount of jobs or which, you're grateful for but they're like yes you're a vet we'll have a job for you in your combat skills it's in the warehouse yeah okay <laughs> i mean we have a job yeah, so we'll be grateful for that but it starts the reality can hit you that you know i i used to do these things and be in charge of this and um i mean the marine corps is big on small unit leadership so at the low level there's a lot of independence say that word lightly um ncos are making a lot of calls mm-hmm. um so there there's the big mission but how you go about that a lot of times is so you're used to feeling important at least yeah and then you're not and then even if you did like i had a good job for a while where i could still feel important feed my ego and pride mm-hmm. But then it comes that you still have those thoughts of what am I actually doing? And because of the only, my identity was the Marine Corps. Mm. Um, and it's still, you see it today and I don't, I'm going to say a lot of unpopular things probably. That's right. You, no, you got total freedom. <laughs> you say, yeah. uh, you see it a lot today with people that, I mean, and you don't know without talking to them, but <laughs> the ridiculous amount of, T-shirts, hats, stickers on a former, there is pride there mm-hmm. and there is that that's fine. But a lot of those people, it's, they're kind of an identity crisis. Mm-hmm. Ah, um, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's the best life was ever going to get, I think, for them that they believe they think. It's not true, um, but there was purpose they they could buy into that purpose and they they knew about that. I really want to get into uh, your passion about what happens afterwards, but I have a couple of questions I want to ask before that. Okay, um, what made you decide to join the Marines? I it was uh, I talked to a recruiter right after nine eleven. I was a senior in high school, yeah. and decided well, I'll I'll wait a little bit and give college a, a chance. And after a, a year and a half of fa- 
<laughs> you can't say failing. Dropping out. Yeah. No, you can say failing. Um, dropping out. After learn, a year and a half of learning opportunities. Of learning. <laughs> having way too much fun is what I did. <laughs> a year and a half, I wasn't worried about school. Um, and I, I remember watching the news, and I literally thought there are people doing something, um, making a difference, doing something important, and I'm here wasting money not doing anything and I just made my mind up then I was gonna I wasn't sure what and when I was gonna join but I made my mind up I was gonna I was gonna go join up um then so I just we I, I believed in what we were doing yes <laughs> then I was also a lot more naive on politics and the ways of the world yes um, Out of high school, yes. But so I, I know, I, like I said, nine eleven was just two years before, so it was still pretty. We were just invaded Iraq, I think. Sometime yeah, probably, close to then, yeah, probably. So, yeah, it was largely mainly nine eleven and the events there, right after, and me not succeeding in school. Mm. Mine was because uh, I came out of high high school in the Vietnam era. Yeah, and uh, I wanted That's, to be a, I wanted to be a patriot, but I didn't want to go in the army. I don't want to get drafted. Yeah, and end up in the army. So I joined. I went to join the navy, and uh, had a hernia. Yeah, and they said we'll take you and fix it, or you you can it'll change your draft status. And I said thank you. <laughs> I'll see you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I. I often regret not having done it because I I don't know what would how it would have changed me. It was a different time then. Yeah, too. it was such a different time. Oh, different! I mean, everything, and a lot of people say that too. And I mean, I truly mean it. But everyone's got a plan for their life, and there's different times, especially Vietnam era. Yeah. With the, I mean, that was legit. Um, kind of, a lot of times it's kind of unfair on our side it was totally and there it's there it's uh that was real i mean jungle fighting and then people here didn't like you and it was a whole different it was very unpopular you got you guys got support (laughs) yeah incredible support those guys in the 60s and 70s didn't know and they're our biggest supporters now and it's kind of makes you feel bad you're grateful yeah what were your expectations going into the marine I was 20. I don't think I thought that deeply about anything. <laughs> I don't think I had any expectations of anything. Um, purpose, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's deep. I mean, at a deeper uh, level. That's truly. Awesome. That's an awesome thing to say. It's purpose. But I don't think I knew it then. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't. Well, you did say, you said it. You said, I'm here wasting money and other people are making right. a difference. Well, I didn't know what true, I still know, I mean, I believe it was meant for me um, and everything that transpired, but I didn't have a real relationship with God like he's shown me what that really looks like. Um, and the lifestyle I was living was not at all producer for that 
I have to believe in, in that you would not be the man you are today had you not joined. No, and there's, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, God, God that, that's not a fair statement. God could have done anything to get right. you where you are today, but right, but He didn't. He did that. And he, I mean, yeah, that's the that's the big. And with, I mean, part of my huge part of my story is alcohol uh, addiction and pill drug addiction, prescription addiction. Um, so that's often something that's talked about is would knowing what you know now, what would you, if anything, change? Would you do it all over again? But I know what I had to go through to learn. I, mean, I don't think, oh, and I see it hey, through gritted teeth. I don't think I would change anything because yeah. candy and the kids might be different. What I've learned might be different. I could just be, I just, I don't know. I mean, it's. It's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because here we yeah. sat and that's yeah. what you went through to get to this point. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I'm grateful for it. Yep. And I, I say this to guys that I talk to who have been in your position. I think God gave you a gift. Um, yeah. From this, from from now looking back, we can say God gave you a gift. Yeah. I think I think uh, addiction is a blessing. Yeah. I really do. Um, there's a joke. Sorry, this is an insider joke, a recovery right. insider joke. <laughs> well, then he, you can explain. It's it. actually mainly mine. So, but of I mean, God just loved me a little more by giving me addiction. In that, I don't have a choice. Yeah. Uh, oh, that, yeah. It's truly not just a thorn in, in my flesh. It's um, it's that huge. I don't know. Uh, either I either I do this for real. And and uh, seek him and and look and live in his will, give him my will, or it gets bad real quick. And I've tested that a few times, <laughs> uh, and it gets bad real quick. Yeah. Uh, so I've got that tangible, uh, quick um, showing of if I don't do this, and I want to now. I mean, once. It's kind of self-feeding and uh, get the momentum going. I want to now, but if we stop doing it, uh, the people in the programs I run in, 12-step programs, if we stop and we know, if we stop, we know where that goes, Mm -hmm. and it always happens. It doesn't end well. Nope. My, My addiction, and I talk about it freely, was pornography. Yeah. That's a big one that's not talked about at all. It's not talked about. And I lived in it for a long time. And I tell this I tell this story every time I talk about it, is that one point I asked God, to, I just said, God, take it away. Mm-hmm. I begged him to mm-hmm. take it away. Because it's just, you, you hate it, and you hate the guilt, you hate the shame, and then you're right back in front of a computer mm-hmm. screen. Mm-hmm. And I said, God, take it away. And Travis, he said to me, no, you're not ready. Mm-hmm. And that was devastating to me because he didn't finish the sentence. Right. Um, so like four years later, I begged him again, and he said, 
here's the end of the sentence I gave you that time. You're not ready to believe that you're already free. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, for me, I remember praying that he would take my alcoholism away and addictions away. (laughs) Uh, I was too drunk to hear him say anything back, but he, looking, it was my, one, it was my pride and ego. I wasn't ready to surrender to him, Mm -hmm. do what was needed. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd give him that, but nothing else. I still want to control those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I enjoyed the prison cell. It was comfortable. Yeah. It was normal. Just that full surrender. And you have to do it to see. I mean, I halfway did it. I mean, for two years, I was kind of in and out and in and out like, eh. And it's, I was blessed to have, well, I'm about to dive into a whole other topic. I don't want to go quite yet. I had some good Christian men in my, I call it, it's not like a technical term, but my recovery yeah. um, circle. And um, the complete surrender. Is, if you've ever seen the 12 steps, it's I have to, to do it honestly. Yeah. Truly, honestly do them when you have to surrender. And so I didn't, I mean, I would not be completely honest on some of the hard ones about telling people some bad things or... Um, not really maybe telling everyone oh yeah I'm praying but in reality it's nighttime and I'm already in bed I'm like oh I don't really you know I'll pray later or you know those kind of things yeah. I wasn't fully bought in um, and it doesn't work <laughs> I mean God knows when we are or not bought in um, surrender when I hear that does it mean to become vulnerable Yes, very, and that is terrifying. Yeah, very vulnerable. I remember at the treatment center I was at, driving on the bus back from a Walmart trip. We called them the druggy buggies, the, <laughs> the vans, and uh, I see a billboard that it was a Marine Corps billboard, and it said "Courage," and it just had a guy in his dress blues or whatever. And I remember thinking. Um, yeah, there's, that's courage, but that's, that's kind of, I can, it's kind of, that's easy kind of courage to a lot of guys. Some, I mean, you can kind of, or for lack of a better term, you can kind of get off on some of that kind of adrenaline rush mm-hmm. courage. Yeah. Um, real courage is like in those, in those groups, um, crying in front of other guys or telling yourself you forgive yourself in a mirror or some of these things that they do that you're like, there's no way I'm doing that. Or just being vulnerable in these groups. That is courage. That's that's, terrifying. We, we call that as men, we call that being weak and I don't want to look weak. That's not, yeah, that, that is the biggest lie anyone ever. And I bought into it. Oh, me too. Yeah. I'm not going to be weak. I'm not going to be some man. Okay. That takes more. <laughs> I'll probably have to. I'll probably have to edit this out. <laughs> but, yeah, I did. But I, I'm not going to be like. I'm not going to be, I'm not gonna be like those pussies. I'm yeah, going to be. That takes more balls, is what I was going to say, <laughs> than anything. You know, I'm not going to edit that out because it's a true statement yeah. about our attitude when we face something mm-hmm. that's, um requires courage that I just don't have. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, man. And I used that as an excuse not to. Right. I'm not going to look like that guy. Well, I did that for, I mean, I went to treatment three times, uh, and I should have gone more probably. I don't know, but I didn't buy in. I just didn't. You go into and they're, go into these <laughs> treatment, and you have your, your mask on, and, yeah. you know, I've got to be tough. got to be tough. I'm a Marine. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about that because that would show my true pride and ego. Yeah. But everyone knows. I'll just let everyone know I'm a Marine, and then that's it. And then, <laughs> and then you got your mask on, and I can't try too hard at this because that would be dumb but these people are and then at the, the the place i went twice which was amazing the first time i should have done a lot more i learned a lot the first time but um it was rob's ranch and it was just a men men's only treatment center and you go in there and at first it's and it's 40 men from all walks of life there's some um, all not, you know, your population is probably more middle, late twenties to forties, mm-hmm. but there's guys in their sixties in there. There's some 18 year olds in there. Um, but and these guys are being vulnerable. Some of the guys have been there longer being vulnerable. There's some crying. Other guys are comforting them. And it is weird <sighs> at first, especially cause you're like, what are they doing? But I won't. I want to do that, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, there's no. That's a little crossing the line, but it's intriguing, and it's just your, your mind is going back and forth and playing games. And well, it's it's one of those times when you're going. Oh, I want to do that. I can't. Yeah. I can't exactly. do it. Exactly. I, like you said, I want to, but I can't. Don't know how. Don't know how. No. Nope. And I remember them telling me just slow down. My, he's one of my mentors, just best friends in life, but he was my counselor. He's the clinical director there now, and he, um, he's an Army combat veteran. Um, and just a great guy and didn't put up with any of my <laughs> manipulations or attempts to I bet, that's, I bet that's not what he called it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And I remember with, and hearing with me and other guys, just you lay out this sob story. And at the appropriate time, he's good at knowing when, but someone using the sob story as an excuse and some people may be taken like, oh, that's sad. And he'll just look at him and go, okay, so what? Yeah. Just, what? And he'll be like, so what? And, you, and they start getting offended. And he's like, what are you going to do about it now? You you have to do something or you can just sit in it. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. And try to bring people around to, well, maybe I have to grow. I don't know. I call it living in victimhood. Yes. Absolutely. Are you going to be a victim the rest of your life? Yes. And I think one of the biggest things for the talking about the surrender and um, giving my life to God, all the whole thing. One of the biggest things for me was fear. Yes. What if I do this? What if I truly for once give it my all, give everything and it doesn't work? What does that say about me? What does that say about God? What does that what does that mean? What if that happens? And it was terrifying for me. And I didn't. It was a while later before I realized that's what I what was going on in my head. But just that fear of the the second and probably not second, probably equal to the one we talked about a while ago about being weak. 
the other greatest fear we have as men is failure. Mm-hmm. I, what if I fail? Yep. What if I fail? Mm-hmm. So I'm not even going to try. Right. And I failed all these times before, but I hadn't fully given anything. So it wasn't that big a deal. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. but then if I do what they say and I stand it fails, then maybe that means I truly have hardened my heart. Yeah. I remember <clears throat> a huge breakthrough and I'm going all over the place. If you no, need. you're doing great. Keep going. A huge, one of the huge different, well, so in 2015, the the job was kind of keeping me mildly, very mildly held together. I was drinking too much, abusing pills, but was able to function, r- r- roughly function. <laughs> um, and then I got laid off um, and a DUI the same day. And I just set, I mean, it was a long I just went right off the edge and just sat drinking vodka and it was bad. Um, and like the, not like, oh, I'll have a shot here and there. I mean, it was vodka all day, every day and wouldn't eat for like four days and it was bad. Um, but so going through the process of finally going to one treatment center and going to meetings and then maybe going to another one and going to five detoxes and this different stuff. I never really gave all because what we talked about mm-hmm. fear and all these things, the lies I believed. But um, finally the, just and the pain that I'd had, the, and there's a lot in between here. I'm skipping over um, little suicide deal one evening. And, um, but finally the last time I went, to this treatment center, I had had, I tasted enough, I, to know that, okay, maybe, I think this can work, I think it can. Um, and I think there was a a God thing, I guess you'd call it, which I'm not, that, I don't like that term too much, but, at the hospital, the nurse, uh, her husband was a former Marine. I started talking to her and asking her, and our stories were very similar. Same places in Iraq, same MOS, same, but he was just a few years ahead of me. Mm. And uh, his name was Trevor. I don't remember her name. Um, I remember asking her, well, what's Trevor doing these days? How's he doing? And she said, well, and this is a young lady with a couple kids. Well, he came home and had a hard time and started drinking too much and took his life, took his own life. And I remember the night that that was about to be me, mm-hmm. but by God's grace, uh, a series of, well, strange events. Um, I just, <laughs> I, did people think, oh, of course you passed out, you're drinking vodka. But I knew, I mean, I had a, it was very regimented and I would drink a lot and pass out at a certain time and wake up and drink a lot. Um, I had just woken up again, and it was going to be another bottle or so before I would normally pass out again. So, yes, I was drinking vodka, so of course I passed out. But when I finally decided to that I was going to do it, um, and I was remember thinking about being surprised at 
the calmness and I didn't think it'd be like in a movie where people are just panicked and mm-hmm. acting weird. Like I remember being surprised at the calmness of how calm I felt after I made the decision I was going to do it. And, um, I just, I just passed out and it was a time people can say, well, yeah, it's because of the vodka maybe, but it was at a time that was not characteristic and it, and it shouldn't have really happened. I didn't have at that time for what I was used to. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and a conversation I'd had with a buddy earlier, he didn't like some things he heard. Um, and felt weird about it. So he called my wife who called uh, another couple older vets that I know that have been huge in my life. And they actually came and break it, broke in my back door. Um, and just that little bit of time is what I needed to finally agree to go to a treatment center. Um, I'm doing a lot of rabbit holes here. No, you're not. Um, this is, this is important information for guys who are where you were. Yeah. I hope we have guys like that listening to this. Yeah. Because what you're saying can save lives because of your experience. And I think that's your passion. Yeah. Is to save these guys who come out of the military and are going, now what? Yeah. I'm just going to drink. Yeah. And then I'm going to die. Yeah. And you believe, you believe that. Yeah. So please, you're not, Um, keep going. Well, and I, I decided to go, but through a lot of that, through all that, like I said, that last and final time, um, after deciding I was going to get help, that was probably one of the big things. After I was like, okay, I will get help. But then I didn't help myself much until, let's see, it was, that was 2015, so 2017, which is the last time I went to um, a treatment center. Uh, and that time I met that nurse in the detox who told me that. And I remember thinking when she said, yeah, Trevor came home and had trouble and took taken his own life. I remember thinking, wow, I'm here with another chance, not just second or third, but another chance. That didn't happen that night. And I knew it wasn't me because I was willing and ready and wanted it. Um, and I remember the darkness of truly believing that everyone will be better off. Everyone in your life will be better off. Mm. And be sad for a little bit, but they're going to be better off. And I didn't, it didn't happen for me. And I was getting another chance, and this guy didn't. And his wife is now working, no, no telling how many jobs, and has kids. And um, it. <coughs> Sorry. I've about had to do that a few times. It just hit me the. Um, it 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 made me believe that okay this was this was God and this was too big of a coincidence because she sat over there and she was in a good spot with it she sat on the bed other bed in the room and I sat on mine and we were just crying together and talking um, it was too too perfect too big of a deal it was not no coincidence um, and then I remember showing back up at the treatment center and I. I knew I had to do all those things I didn't want to do, but I knew I had to. I was going to. I didn't care what any of the other clients there thought of me, which was new for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't ca- I mean, I wasn't trying to be the funny guy. I wasn't trying to be the tough guy. I wasn't trying to crack jokes. I 
I was there to do what I needed to do. And I remember one of those things is I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray and read every morning. I'm going to go to the chapel before anyone else. And I'm going to pray and read. And I started getting about a week into it. I wasn't feeling that, that warm, fuzzy. And again, I'm still in the, 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 I'm still in the mindset of my feelings of what is running everything in my life. And I don't feel God. I don't feel that warm, fuzzy. Like that's the only thing God is. <laughs> but I don't feel his presence. I don't feel it. And so I started getting scared. And then guys, scared usually turns to fear, usually turns to anger. I remember getting mad. And I remember I, I was like, okay, maybe it's true. I have hardened my heart. Like I, that was one of my big fears is, have I hardened my heart past the point of redemption because of all the times I've whatever. I remember getting down and on my knees in the chapel and being mad and saying, God, maybe it's true. Maybe I have hardened my heart past the point of redemption, but I'm going to annoy the shit out of you the rest of my life because I've got nowhere else. I've tried everything else. <laughs> and at that moment, exactly a thought is God. But a voice, a thought in my brain said, your feelings are not my reality. Wow. I'm going to write that <laughs> and, down. And that brought, at the same time, it brought a lot of different stuff together for me. And things in my past, things in my future, just just the reality of how I was feeling driven with everything. Um, and I was like, Wow, I'm not that big a deal to where <laughs> if I don't feel some warm fuzzy in my chest, yeah. that doesn't mean that God's not around. Right. Um, and I don't know why that reality hadn't hit me yet, but then that reality hit me of it doesn't matter. I'm chasing God like he's a drug or alcohol or something. I need that warm fuzzy to change, whatever. Um, you were trying to replace the addiction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, My feelings were still in charge. Mm-hmm. Of everything. Um, And that was just a huge, just a huge shift for me. And I remember realizing, like, it doesn't matter. But then I'd see the little things on, well, I didn't feel all spiritually high, I guess they call it, or warm, fuzzy. Mm -hmm. But my day went pretty good. I'm very happy. I'm at peace. So maybe this is kind of more what I'm supposed to be looking for um, but that was that was the beginning of when life truly started transforming and changing and um, to into the kind of what what God has shown me now wow. some of it where was your wife in all of this wow she was trying her best and more. Uh, she was huge. Um, she left and took the kids. At I was going to say, I bet there were people saying, "Dump your, dump his yeah. ass." Yeah, and she and get on with your life. Yeah, and she. One of them was the guy that I was talking about earlier, the combat vet, the army mm-hmm. combat vet. His name is Brian. Brian Anderson. Um, he uh, and his wife came over and. 
they were telling her to let me have my consequences. Yeah. Um, and that's what saved me. Because uh, for a while, she, I mean, she didn't know what to do. It's counterintuitive for a lot of family members in it. Sure. And I've talked to a lot yeah. now. And I, I tell the same thing. Let him have, let them, to him, because I only work with guys, but let him have his consequences. Yeah. Um, and you don't want to hear that when you're on the other end. No. Uh, and I remember <clears throat> she left and took the kids a few times. And the final time she said, they can't live this way. And I... That last one was bad. It was a bad relapse. Um, and I had, it was in blackout state. Years later, I kind of remember parts of it. But then I didn't. And he made her come in and tell me what had happened. I knew I knew it was bad when she was gone. And she had told me a little bit. Um, but she told me everything that I had uh, thought we were being attacked. People were coming in to get us. And she was eight months pregnant, and she wasn't listening to me that we were being attacked. And so I'm physically putting her in closets and putting her on the ground behind couches and things like that, being very putting hands on her and being really physical. And she absolutely rightfully so said, that's never happening again. We're not going to be around that. We can't. Uh, and it is a progressive, progressive deal. They say it's a progressive disease, alcohol and drug addiction, and it is. But the life of sin is a progressive, progressive deal. Yes. So, um, and so, yeah, she, she was there, and um, she just did it perfectly. I think, mm-hmm. in my eyes, of course, because she was there for a while at the beginning. But, um, I think, I mean, she was with. Uh, a huge amount of grace. And then afterwards, um, when she'd see my actions and she, she didn't hold a lot of grudges that I knew of. Um, so it was, it was a big deal. It really was. Wow. Talk a little bit about, um, Rob's ranch and why somebody, if they're where you were, should go there. So they do, I think this is, I can kind of get into because they do it perfectly. They do the, the, they put God on the table in front of you, but they don't force you to partake. Mm-hmm. But they show you and all of them around you, you see how good it is, but they don't, not gonna, they don't force you, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of places try to do and it just uh, yeah. doesn't work. And someone forces you. If I've got an addiction, alcohol or drug addiction, I've obviously got some walls up between me and God. Mm-hmm. There's obviously something going on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people and places try to throw God at you and to throw Jesus. And it's that's what we need. Mm-hmm. That's the answer. But instead of instead of doing I mean, I mean look at how the example he sets for us is a is a gentle, steady, loving um, accepting example. Um, and for me now, it's kind of like kind of the Rob's Ranch thing and kind of the um, the main, I'm not supposed to say it because it's even in the name, but one of the main 12-step programs you hear about a lot um, is we don't, 
push anything because that turns more people away. Mm. And if you just show them, show people who he is and what he is through you and what he can do, it's very powerful. And you're, we all get fed from it. Um, so the ranch is perfect about, they, they're a perfect mixture of the psychology and the study behind it. I guess the secular, I don't know, stuff. But they have the opinion like I do, too. Yeah, this is the why or the how, I guess, and what's happening. But then when they they plug in, they just plug God in with all that. Mm -hmm. And it kind of works. And um, they have chapel. They have other things. They have just a truly godly guy that leads all that. Um, And... You don't have to, they're not, if you're, you don't have to believe they've had everything from Buddhist to, to homosexual to whoever, they, they, don't, they don't turn anyone away. They don't care. They just want to help. Yeah. And you don't have to be saved. I mean, they'll baptize you when you're there, Pastor C will, mm-hmm. but they're going to treat you the same, truly, truly love on you and treat you the same and want the best for you, no matter what. <laughs> Travis, that's what Jesus would do. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly what yeah. Jesus would do. Yeah. Um, and it's just. Uh, and did. Yeah. And I think that's why they're so. They've got a. They've got a. Sadly, in the recovery world, uh, they've got one of the highest success rates. And that's 50% a year later still sober. Wow. And that's that's really high. That's high. Um, so. It's a powerful. It is powerful. It's a powerful disease. Yeah, it is. And it took me a while to wrap my head around that word, Mm -hmm. um, having a disease. But then another part in the book of the unnamed organization, (laughs) the anonymous one. The anonymous one, yeah. We will Uh, not bring it up. It talks about it's an allergy. Um, And that one, I'm like, okay, well, an allergy, that's just an adverse reaction. I have a different reaction when I put alcohol in my body or pain pills or whatever than my wife. She does not want it, does not like it. She has a different reaction than I do. Right. So, okay, I could have an allergy. And then it was just a matter of, well, all these smart people are saying it's a disease and what's a disease. So, yeah, I get it. Um, but regardless, it was a thorn in my side that I'm thankful for that I needed. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's there. And I've asked God to remove it. And now I'm glad he doesn't because in my early days, well, I mean, what I've learned through it and the dependency I have on him now because of it. What has happened in my life? And I'm hearing you say, um, pornography never goes away. Right. I never, uh, there, there are so many triggers mm-hmm. that just from watching a sandals commercial mm-hmm. on television about these ladies walking on the beach um, to just uh, really something very simple. The thing that you and I have learned are to recognize the triggers. Mm-hmm. And once I see that trigger, I have the opportunity to make a choice. Right. And so far, right, I've chosen not to. Right. Yeah, I mean, and you... Because of so much time spent in choosing to do it. And with uh, one of the the cool things 
with the some of the things I'm supposed that we're supposed to do in a 12 step program is a, along with when you're recognizing like and talking about like I have this feeling like they call it uh, euphoric recall when you're you know thinking about mm-hmm. thinking about me and the guys <clears throat> getting drunk at the Marine Corps ball or something that was fun but that's euphoric recall you don't yeah. remember a lot of the other stuff too but if you start getting into that one like you said that's a trigger there's there's processes and things and praying mainly giving it to God and yes remembering remembering things but then talking about it a lot of times with someone um but then with with other things um like I can't I had to apologize to my 12 year old preteen who's just being a turd right now (laughs) 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 because I because I got too mad too quick about something yeah uh while she right after she was just being rude to me that's not an excuse for me and I know I know what I have to do now that's one of the steps is I have to apologize and make something right quickly yeah. so stuff doesn't build up in me yes and I think like what does God give me today is it worth the pride and ego of not going to apologize no and do I want to keep the feeling and, and what and the relationship with God and do I want to keep what I've got today yes so I've come to, to see that sting of pride and ego of going and apologizing to wife, daughter, friend, whatever, um, as like working out. Like I hate doing pull-ups. I hate them. But I do them because I like the result. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that pride of sting, that sting of pride and ego, it's like keeping that spiritual muscle worked out, I guess. Yes. Keeping, my, keeping me clean. My buddy's got a really good example of he'll just start throwing markers on the floor and have them cluttered all over. And then the process, we clean ourselves out. We clean our, clean stuff up and he'll pick them all up. And he's like, but as we go through life, it'll start getting dirty again and he'll throw them on the floor. But if we pick them up as that happens, then we stay clean. Pile. We pick it up. Well, if you don't, it starts piling up and piling up. And we may not realize one or two. But you look around and all these things are laying on your heart again. Wow, that is gosh, that is so good. And it's it's something so I get, <laughs> I get to go, mm-hmm. as another one of my mentors will say. Yes, I get to go and apologize to people. I get to, um, <laughs> I won't bring that one up. Candy might be listening <laughs> later. <laughs> um, no, I was having an issue with my in laws before, and and my he's. My uh, my sponsor, I can hear him in my head every time now when I when I'm about to say I have to go do something, because he doesn't let that go. He goes, "You mean you get to?" So now in my head, I get to go do this. I get to go do that. I yes, that is that is huge for me in counseling because I I do I do deal with some addictive behavior, not to the depth of yours, because I'm just not qualified for that. Yeah, but it's not you no longer you it's no longer you have to you get to. Yeah. And the same yeah. thing, it's the same thing when we serve at church. Yeah. They used to present it as something we have to do to for the church to survive. Right. And I, I'm not buying into that. No. I, but there are times when I get to serve. Right. I get to go help somebody. I don't do it because I have to. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, that, I don't, that's. I'm on the edge of a <laughs> of a big 
don't know if I want to jump off or not. Okay. <laughs> I won't There's, let you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, and I'm meeting tomorrow. This is actually some awesome stuff has happened just recently where I've got some, um, I, I did, I'm a graduate of a, of a little, it's called Reboot and it's a Christian combat recovery trauma mm-hmm. course. Um, and they had me and my wife come speak at their graduation and the, the pastor, um, that was facilitating, lets him use his building. And uh, he's a, he's a veteran also was there. And we talked for a long time afterwards and I was tactfully and politely very, very honest with him about how I, how I feel about, and I don't know the answer, so to speak, but I think I know what's wrong with like nonprofits and churches and, and things like that mm-hmm. today, a lot of it. Like I said, so I, I don't, since I don't know the answer, I, I don't like necessarily being too vocal about it yet. I don't know. But anyways, I was, we were talking, it came up in conversation. So I was being <laughs> honest. I don't like being fake. I don't like fake people. So no. I was being very honest. I mean, Candy was like, wow, you, you didn't hold any punches. And I was like, well, that's where the conversation went. I don't know. Yeah. But, well, he called me the next day and asked if I wanted to help him, wanted me to be praying about helping him start a ministry for veterans, expanding it up here uh, in, in the Edmond area. And I said, yeah, I'd pray about it, and we have a meeting, and he wanted me to get some guys together, <clears throat> that, some friends of mine, to meet with him. And he, <laughs> if you knew the guys that I've got coming... <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm excited because they're all very, very godly men that I know are godly men Mm -hmm. that I know love God and are doing their best each day to live in his will. But they are no BS. They hate fake people and they want to know what they're getting into. And they all want this to work badly, Mm -hmm. but they've all been burned by nonprofits, church, whatever. They don't like the, the show. And they've got some questions. Not, I mean, I, none of them are angry. I just know what's, I know that they can, they're all, they're all um, passionate. And I just, I'm, I'm interested to see, because they, they, I know they want to do it and they don't want to buy into anything that's not legit. Do you think you could get one of them to come back? You come back? Probably. And, oh, we, yeah. We have three microphones. Oh, yeah. Um, I really I, want to. I'm sure I could get Brian. Maybe. I mean, I've got. There's everything from a, one of my good friends is a, a, a Coast Guard. Uh, I've got a Air Force pilot, um, a na- former Navy SEAL, uh, a former uh, the the guy I would probably <laughs> I would probably like to bring um, is Brian. He's. I would. I he's would good. love it. I would love to get. I would, I think there's so much potential for reaching guys yeah. who are coming out of the military where you are. It's needed. Were, yeah. There's I, a stigma there too of if I ask for help. I mean, it's, I mean, even now it's still there. When you meet other vets in a room or another guy, I mean, you gotta, can't be too <laughs> eager. Wanna, yeah. You can't be you too eager to help. Stand over here and let them know that <laughs> I know that they know. 
<laughs> hey, what's up, man? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Let's, okay, we're we're about out of we're about out of time. Oh, there's so much more. There's so much to talk about. So I want to do it again. Okay. And I'd like to do it again soon. Okay. So this is part one. You mean you mean Brian next time? Yes. Okay. And I will get in touch with you, and we'll set a date. That sounds good. And uh, we'll push it in and get it get it. Because I think this is this is so important. Uh, yeah, it's such an and important I, subject. Yeah, and there's a lot. I mean, from the veteran, the recovery, that's a big part. And the VA, I think they're trying, but they've made a lot of addicts, mm-hmm. um, and not just that. A lot of people who they made into zombies with a lot of the antipsychotics and the ant- anyways. That's another. But there's a there's a whole area here of the veteran world and recovery. And just recovery or, I mean, it's, there's a lot. Well, I, I, I kind of want to keep it, um, Christ centered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if we can. Yeah. Because it's. Cause I think that's the answer. But, it is. But we got to have a question. Oh yeah. Lots of questions. Yeah. We got to have questions so that we can, and the questions have to be fleshed and we, and vetted and then we can get to the answer. It's no fun. <laughs> yeah no it's the not the recovery the 12 steps uh the recovery world in christian church yeah christian yeah. churches that's a good area you want to do that let's that's what we'll title it right now 12 steps in the christian church there's a lot okay if i don't write it down i won't remember and I'll see, because, I mean, Brian isn't, is, he's, he's not just, he works with uh, anybody. Okay. So Rob's Ranch is not strictly veterans. So he's, he can do veteran stuff or not veteran stuff. And well, I work can, with everyone also. Let's so. just, well, let's start the dialogue. Yeah. Let's just start talking about this. Okay. And uh, I, we'll see what happens. Okay. Thank you, Travis. Absolutely. This has been awesome. And I can't wait to do it again. And come inside the man box. <laughs> <laughs>